0: This is the weekly meeting of the Karma Club, hosted by the Karma Coin, and today we're doing another airdrop of the Karma Coin. We haven't done one in a long time, but um, we're going to do one today so that we can give you a free Karma Coin for being a fan slash um whole coin holder slash community member and Mm -hmm. i i want to build this community again for a while there yeah if you just click on the link you can get a free karma coin and the reason i'm doing this is because um for a while i wasn't trying to build the community on here but i decided that i the community is building itself, so I might as well reward it. So these karma coins at this point are worth 13 cents, and you have six more hours to pick one up um, or, or or you know pick one up and get your friend to pick one up or whatever and become a member of the community. And what that will get you is a lot more notice to what's going on in the club and if we grow the club somewhere else besides um, besides on Clubhouse, you will know that, too, because I, it's not that I don't have faith in Clubhouse. I do have faith in Clubhouse, but um, no, I dig it back. I don't really have that much faith in Clubhouse. I have enough to have started building here, but what I want is for the community to live on even after me. So in order to do that, I have to keep building it in different places and have the people, um, the, the people on it, uh, meet each other and be able to to share c- communal experiences with each other. All right, Kat, welcome to Clubhouse. I see you've got a party hat on. And um, we're happy to see you and happy to have you. And I hope you enjoy the room. All right. Well, this is a very, very complicated subject. That's why uh, the title is Complexities of the Transgender World. And I'm doing it in the most transparent possible way, which is with replays on and so on. Uh, Because I think there's a lot of, shall we say, misinformation about the transgender community and the transgender world and um, and life in the transgender world. And about gender fluidity, this is going to be very much tangled in my mouth, but there's the gender fluidity in the world in general, (laughs) because this is not the world that I grew up in. So I want to, first of all, set the stage, and then I'm going to be quiet and let people in the audience speak and people um, who come into the room speak. And I think you guys should... um, people into the room because there there needs to be a wide audience for this type of discussion this is a, a discussion people generally avoid that they should really be part of so I'm I'm going to uh, try and get people in here so they can be participants okay Um I have a nephew who just uh, became engaged to a person whose pronouns are they and them, and they visited my daughter's house in London this week, and I asked I asked them what, um, what made them come out as non-binary and they told me that they just felt as though the box that women go in and the box that men go in have overlapping points but not everywhere and they wanted more freedom to to express themselves. Now, this is not a real, if there's such a thing as a real transgender person, um, this was not a real transgender person in the sense of a person who's had uh, gender-affirming surgery or even gender-affirming hormone treatments and so on. But there is a there's there are a large number of those. so I wanted to get at why there is so much uh, conflict around whether whether and when someone ought to come out or be able to come out or be accepted if they come out so. That's about all I am able to contribute. Um, Barbara Annis, who is my co moderator of this club, is an expert in gender intelligence. And she has told me that there are certain neuroscientific aspects of women and men's brains. And that no matter what gender you come out as publicly from a gender perspective, um, you've got a woman's brain or man's brain. So I think I'm going to hand it over to you, Barbara, because I am treading water out of my depth.
1: Okay. Thank you, Dr. Francine. I am a cisgender woman. (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Francine. Welcome everyone. Yeah, we really invite you to invite others to this conversation. I think it's a really, really, it could be potentially a breakthrough conversation if we listen generously to one another and really are able to stand in the shoes. And I also, I just want to set a little context and I and then I want to introduce Heidi. So here's the thing. So the, the, the thing that's getting m- messed up a bit is two things, nature versus nurture. Right, I think that that a lot of people, men and women, uh, of all diverse backgrounds, are tired or unhappy with the current cultural norms. Right, how you know stereotypically men fit in and stereotypically women fit in. But what I'm talking about is not nurture. I'm talking about nature and the fact that we are wired differently, XX or XY chromosomes. Ninety five percent of us either have XX or XY, uh, and that's in in every single cell of our body, DNA of our body. You know xx are women xy are men and that's hardwired that's something that no matter what you do you cannot change that it's impossible to do um so i just want to set that tone for that in terms of the research that i've done and written five books on this topic uh i really have come to understand this in a very profound way and of course right in the middle of uh, wrapping up a documentary on this topic as well where we invite every expert all over the world to share their research so we, we can really get you know some, some you know reality in terms of the deep deep research that has been done when you're really assessing the brain and every single party body system, you know everything the part of our bodies and organs, including our brain, of course. Uh, and then I'm going to invite Heidi. so I met Heidi Danmayer, Dr. Heidi Dangmaer in um, Greg Satel's room. Agents of Change, or Change Makers Room, it's called, in Clubhouse, several months ago, Heidi. And we've been in deep, deep conversations ever since. I think almost daily, Heidi, but at least every two to three days. And I've learned so much from Heidi. And uh, it's been pretty amazing, uh, her research and what, she, what she's done and her line of sight when it comes to this topic. So I'm really honored that you are joining us here, Heidi, in this. And I really invite us to have an inclusive, collaborative, listen generously conversation about this because this is impacting every part of this globe in many different ways. Uh, some with huge ramifications for boys and girls who ex- have a different experience when it comes to nurture versus nature. And, uh, and also brain development. I mean, the boys and girls are making decisions about which gender they wanna be at age two or three. And, and some doctors, I, I assert not many, but some are actually encouraging that, which I th- think is um, just a, a horrific mistake. And uh, I did invite Dr. Nina Sachs, who is, uh, has written Why Gender Matters, uh, a brilliant guy, to join us. He wasn't able to do it today, but hopefully he'll come the next week or the week after to kind of share his research as well. But over to Heidi, uh, and thank you for being here, Heidi. I don't know. Heyman, do you want to add anything else before we uh, go with Heidi?
2: No, go ahead. Well, and all I your like mics to, are good. I would
0: like to add one more thing, sure. which is that on my block, and I, I've told you this before, Barbara, on, on my block, and you know, I'm speaking as a, a person all, always open to change, but this one change really buffeted me. Um, two um, married people on my block had a baby, and I asked what I thought were the routine questions: um, what sex of the baby? You know, what's the sex of the baby? What is it going to be a boy or a girl? And um, they said we aren't uh, we aren't finding out. And so baby was finally born, and I was like, well, you've had your baby. What sex is it? And they were like, um, well, we've named them. Izzy and we've we've decided that we are not going to assign a gender to them until they get old enough to do it for themselves. And so as of now they're a them. And and so and so Barbara, you when you said two or three years old you triggered that in me because I think that's when they thought little Izzy would be able to choose a gender and probably a gender affirming
1: name. Yeah, and then and then we have brain development, right? We know that in girls and boys, the brain develops differently and and later in boys and girls. So what I mean by that is the prefrontal cortex, which is the consequential thinking of the brain, risk risk assessment brain, brain executive function of the brain, doesn't develop between 14 and 16 in girls. Actually, sorry, apologies. 14 and 18, and around 22. But now we are in boys, but now we heard that it's actually even later, up to 30 years old. So. We're not factoring that part in, you know, that we are fully developed. And trust me, I have seven children. I have seen the brain development and I also have now nine grandchildren. And I've seen that brain development, and kind of the decisions some of my boys make early on where they go, oh, what was I thinking when I did that? Are you kidding me? That was a big buh you know, kind of thing. So that's what I'm standing for is, let's factor the neuroscience in there as well. And uh, Seyman, I don't know, did you want to add anything before we go to Heidi?
2: No, I'm really looking forward to this uh, talk because um, as a physician, I, I mean, uh, we I, I basically um, answer back uh, by whatever a person wishes to be addressed as. And that's still a, for me, it's not a big issue, but I know that a lot of people in different environments had had issues about dealing with uh, this construct. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Heidi, over to you. Thanks for being here. And you need to unmute. Just click the little microphone at the bottom. Okay. Panel. Yeah. Perfect. Am I here? Yep. You're here.
3: Hi. 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 Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Let's go. <laughs> so, big topic. And I want to talk to you about how this topic affected me, but not me. How this topic, if we do not address this topic, we're really, what we're talking about is the hijacking of not only a gender, which will be the female gender or the sex. Let's just call it sex. The female sex. We're talking about potentially the hijacking of all human progress. So if we want to understand progress and culture, and you look at the history of mankind, the body hasn't really evolved much the really biggest change over time if you look at evolution has been the mind okay the mind is what if you look at the history of evolution has what has been changing the most and in particular two hemispheres of the mind have been as minds have evolved separated so the mind has what is really driven the frontier of all human advancement both as a physical species, but also as we have defined our culture and what we know and what we create. And in fact, the mind is really the driving wheel, the steering board of every individual, because every decision and action they make fundamentally has to come from their mind, be it a good decision or a really messed up decision. Now, why does the mind matter? Okay, well, let's go to really the root of a problem we have. See, for me, I got interested in the mind and I'm a girl and I'm a girl and I'm a scientist. And so my work starts at Princeton and I was in a new field, quantum, where quantum physics and uh, consciousness or AI is overlinking. This is really the future. And I became very obvious that my mind was very different than I was working on my PhD and they called me weird brain than the guys. And it happened to me first because I could solve problems really quickly. That was so obvious to me. Here's a really hard problem. I'm like, Oh gee, I see the answer. And so I started to recognize that there was something in me that really hard problems to the guys were like sinus super obvious to me. And flip side there was things that they could do that really I found like tedious and hard and they just were against my nature so but most importantly and this is really where if we want to understand what's happening today we have to begin and that is this what we call science today at this point right now has been built and I what is science science is literally just a system to understand what is nature that's it All right. So what we call science today is a paradigm of language, of metrics, of, um, let's say, uh, research protocols that were invented fundamentally by men from their instrument, their mental instrument has developed a way to use the mind to explore nature with a language they've created, with a foundation of beliefs they have created. Okay. That's what science is. So if we want to understand nature versus nurture science today has come from a paradigm, which men have developed over time about how to use the mind, what is rational, what is measurable, what is knowable, and they've made up the rules. And from that we have science. Now, being at the frontier of the science and being with the most amazing scientists you could think of in the world, all those Nobel laureates, there's a problem. There's a problem. And this problem is, as much as that science knows, it knows very little. In particular, it reached a a conclusion. Material science is called the 4% reality problem. It is stuck at understanding about 4% of everything. And there's a lot it cannot understand. What it cannot understand is anything that is creative, self directive self-creative, anything that is living. We have a science of the dead. So we have never understood the human mind and we've never understood anything that is alive. Materialism is a dead end. And Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because the greatest scientists like Tesla, like Einstein, like many of the other Nobel laureates that I knew, had come to recognize that the science has come from the male mind. and They have really written notes to the female and saying, maybe if you do you, and I'm not talking about you do you, meaning you be a girl who studies science in the terms that man has created. No, you do you and study nature directly. No rules. Because our assumptions put us in the 4% reality box. And they proved that it was stuck. And they literally proved that if we design that world around that 4%, the world will collapse. That's been proven. So I, as a girl, going into science and seeing how science was forming culture. And recognizing that I saw stuff that guys could not see. And I'm not even about competing. I'm just like, why is that? Interesting. And reading the notes from Tesla and Einstein. And this is not feminism. Feminism. And that is the opposite. So the greatest minds have encouraged girls to go study nature on their own, with their own mind, with no assumptions, no prejudice, no bias, purely because they believe that they could sense information that would help round out science to take science beyond just the dead, the materialism. So to me... What I saw is marching orders. My marching orders was I get to be a girl. I don't care what the guys are done. They are stuck. And if we build a world on 4% science, it will kill all living things. And they knew that. So that's where I start. And why is this important? It's important because if we're going to understand what's happening today with the gender thing, it is the next evolution towards our own destruction. Because feminism gave up. If feminism did not try to model itself of success over what man has created, feminism never was based on girls studying what it meant to be born a girl. Feminism has outsourced the identity of what it meant to be a girl to man and man's science. It outsourced the identity of what a good future is, who we are, what we bring to the table, what is good, what is bad, what could you create? Who am I? Why do I exist? has been outsourced to man and the science he's created. And that science is going to give us a 4% answer. Feminism is a 4% answer to who a female is. Now let's go to the next question. What is gender? I don't know because we've outsourced that to man too. So if you want to understand where gender and identity got split from sex, we got to go to man. A guy named Mooney, he made it up. What was he following? He believed in Penis envy. Really? Penis envy. So we're still in a man's world defining what gender is. So how on earth in a science that can only understand 4%? And I'm going to ask something else. And it has no clue what's going on in the right hemisphere of the brain. None. Absolutely none. It says it's unknowable. So they're like, we don't understand 96% of what is driving the human mind. That means we understand pretty much almost nothing. But see, what is gender? So first, Females never studied who they are. They have outsourced their mean to man and his science, the four percent world. So feminism was always the annihilation of the female mind because the greatest well, minds so What do you is, do? What do you do,
0: Heidi? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but this I, Oh it starts with, with studying gen, what a
3: girl is. But if you genitalia. Wanna, what? what do you do with what do you do with genitalia? But genitalia, how do you use it? What is it? See the genitalia is who drives what to do with the genitalia. When I'm talking about this culture, genitalia exists, but what do you, the genitalia is just part of being human. But what I'm trying to say is that it's not the genitalia that's the problem. It's identity. This is all about who am I? What do I bring to the table? What does it mean to be fully me? This is the identity question. And first of all, we are out. So what they're doing, feminism was too much modeled after trying to be what a man was as opposed to knowing what it meant to be female. We have to understand that. That is a big problem right there. Feminism never studied, was never women studying who they are according to their true nature, okay? And then that creates a vulnerability, an emptiness. And so when we're still talking about gender, we're still talking about physical gender. If we're still talking about biology, we're still talking about the physical being. We're not talking about the thing that drives a physical being, the mind. Evolution wasn't the physical being. So there's a thing called quantum biology. So what I'm trying to say is that, first of all, all these definitions that we're being given of gender have been outsourced to man, just like the who is a woman. And the only difference the man can ever see is on physical science, and that is just the physical difference. The and that gives us the genitalia, but it never gave us the mental difference. And that's what I'm trying to say. What drives evolution is the mind, not just the mental difference, not just the physical difference. Heidi,
1: what, now, what, what do you think is happening today? We, we've so what's seen happening? This today paradigm shift. Yeah, is go ahead.
3: Mooney comes along. Because we already have feminism, which is idolized to think that the ideal woman could be the to climb the mountain of culture that man has built, to climb his mountain of science. And I saw already that gives us a 4% opportunity. Yuck. That's not aspirational. Now, there's value in it, but it's not the big story and it's not the future. So what's happening is you already got a feminism, which is convincing women that they would be better off doing what man has done. It was never an individual pursuit of who we are, what we bring to the table. So then you got a guy coming Mooney along. He followed. That's the first time that gender and sex gets broken up. And he comes along and he is following in the Freudian tradition Yeah, that's what I thought. It was Freud who first posited penis
0: envy, wasn't it?
3: Thank you. And from penis envy, which is really telling the woman that, remember, when women tried to own their brain, they could just say her brain was broken because it didn't fit into the norm. We don't know what the female brain is. We know it is a difference from the outside materialism, but we didn't know what it meant if she owned it. Okay. That is what my work has been. What happens if girls own it? And we show that the female mind will change the evolution of science because they can capture things beyond science as we knew, beyond the 4% box. So okay. it starts with Mooney, and Mooney says, There's two kids born and they were one of the kids were born. They made a surgical mistake and they wounded the penis. So based on penis envy, they said, well, gender is a we can just get rid of it. That's the first time they mixed sex and gender. It was never divided. And so what he did, he said, oh, I actually cut the penis off. Why don't we just pretend that it doesn't matter that sex gender is a made up construct? Okay. and so what he does is he fully cuts the penis off and he tries to tell this kid that he's a girl. And the experiment literally led to those kids, the both of those boys killing themselves because as the boy got older, and never felt right. And then eventually the parents told him they cut his penis off and they both those twins killed themselves. So any experiment where you try to tell somebody that they all of these don't work, it has come, it was a first division based on penis envy guy. And, and so basically they got the idea that. He just invented it. He divided the word sex and gender. And then any experiment they did with these pharmaceuticals after that have failed. And so, and we must understand that whenever we reference gender, we're still doing it according to what man has given us because females have never explored who we are. So how, so even if you're going to talk about that's more feminine or masculine, that's still in the terms that man has invented. Well, let's, let's try to take it. I I mean, I understand where you're
0: coming from, Heidi, but I have, you know, I have, I think, bigger fish to fry. And that has to do with the fact that we now have the technology to transform um, women into men, at least on the surface
3: and and. Um, because that's all that men and their science could do is look at it, the physical, but that doesn't tell you who we are. So that's the biggest, see, you can't fry your fish unless you understand the root problem. And the root problem that is happening is that feminism, which is supposed to has females don't know who they are. They don't know their full identity. That's really what it is because they've outsourced that. and, And that allows certain men of science to dictate whatever it is. That's literally what they said. They get to define humans as they want. Because if all humans are is our physical body, you can do whatever the hell you want to it. And so because physical science could never explain the mind, they've just hijacked it. So you can't fix this problem if you don't understand the root. And so we have an identity crisis. And we also have men being identity crisis because physical science, which has now dominated culture, can't tell the men who they, who holy are they are. So when we say it's secular culture, we mean 4% science, and it never understood the full capacity of man either, nor okay, did men so and women. So then the
0: next step that we take after this, we now have, we've gone a long way, you know, I mean, given... Given that you're right, and and you know, I I presume that you are right, having grown up as a woman and not feeling completely fulfilled. But
3: but no, I this, proved this scientifically. But we can go on. This is no. about the roots of science. Like I know many of the leading quantum physicists, the leading geneticists. The female genes are fundamentally different. I'm saying that this is where the vulnerability came from women not knowing who they were. And then from that, a man came Mooney, divided sex and gender. Really, what they they reduced humans down to physical beings. And this is where it's coming from, because that means all we are is boobs and a simulated vagina. And that's allowing us to be rewritten. Right. But uh, let's just say that I am a
0: parent. Uh, I mean, I am a parent, but this hasn't happened to me. But a lot of parents are facing their children saying, you know, I don't think I'm a girl or I don't think I'm a boy and asking for what is now called gender affirming, gender affirming drugs and gender affirming care and gender affirming surgery. And there are big clinics now that specialize in converting people from one gender to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: I and it. I, and I, Heidi, I love. I mean, I didn't speak to transpart uh, directly, but his story is pretty, pretty foundational in the transgender community, right? So. Perhaps use that you can use that as an example. Well, so of his I experience. met
3: in my pursuit a guy trans named Buck Angel. Okay? Buck Angel is one of the first trans girls who were turned into boys. And Buck Angel has a story of being super athletic. And in fact, it was a model. And they got their scholarship canceled because they weren't very good academically. So they go to LA to pursue the modeling. Soon they're involved in prostitution and drugs. And they're a drug addict. And while they're in, trying to get clean in the drug addict clinic, you know Buck Angel is like 62 or something. They get approached by this special therapist who's going to help them. And they did a survey and they basically said that, you know, um, hey, what do you do? And he's like, well, I like cars and I like running. And they convinced him that the root problem was he should have been a boy. Never came to his mind before. But he's got these experts telling him he has a disease. And the real problem is that he's a drug addict is because he thinks he's a boy and that's his root problem. So he agrees being a vulnerable person, somebody who's in their like later twenties going through crisis, trying to get off heroin. Now they're like, this is your root solution. And he spent his life thinking, and these drugs have really mutilated his body. Now by meeting him and talking to him about my work, what's happened? He started to question the fact was, He believed these people when they said, you have a disease, but he didn't realize. But the fact is, is that he's never been settled and he never got the penis. And so, you know, he recognizes now that based on what and who are those people, what are the qualifications of these people? And what I'm telling you is none of them are experts in what it means to be born a girl. They're still going off this Guy Mooney's theory and Guy Mooney's theory didn't play out. It led to suicides. And what he saw now is that he it was like, in a way, his vulnerability, they said, oh, it's Allah, it's these famous gods. So he believed this was a solution. But in fact, it's led to a lifelong of tension. He's completely wrecked his body. And now he's speaking up because he sees all these girls are convincing of the same thing they convinced him. And now, they're, but they're 12 years old, so they're starting to transition and then then detransitioning. So unless we've answered the fundamental question is what is a girl, okay, how do we know that being a girl is better or not being a girl is who you are? And so in meeting him, we've recognized that that is part of the root problem. That we have to evolve the definition of being a female beyond the physical being, because because we haven't owned ourselves, and to own yourself is more than what we go back to is what our mind is. What has driven human progress isn't just our body; it's our mind, and that is really where we're going to go. And if women own their mind, then we would advance science. So, what I've ended up in spending a lot of time with him because he that because he said now we've been to change it. They told him he has a disease, to so now they're idolizing it. Because they entered in and did the surgeries by saying he's sick. Take this medicine, basically. And now they're telling it it's a lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle, he said? That you're on these drugs, that these girls will be sterilized for life? And so now he, there tons of parents are reaching out to him. And in meeting with him, that's when we came to realize that's the root problem. How do we, I know, if what, if, again, The division was made on Freud, and it was made on nothing. And the experiment that divided the sex and gender resulted in two suicides. So first, let's start there. But the next is, how do we know what it means to be a girl if we've never owned that ourselves and we've let that be a sign? And to me, this becomes the root of this. This is flimsy science. And the most important thing you must now understand is who's funding this. This is not a natural phenomenon. If you look at the Time Magazine, they said, oh, the kids are asking for it. No, it's not. And I'm happy to share any of these articles and any of this research. It is being funded by the same damn people that are the pharmaceuticals. Two guys from super wealthy families who changed their gender into trans. I'm going to tell you one, have actually, are making a killing. Isn't
0: one of them a Pritzker?
3: Yes. Yes. And they are getting rich. They're funding this stuff in schools. There's about three or four men who are getting rich funding this stuff in schools to create a demand. Transitioning has become a demand. Yes, there is a fundamental question. The question is, who am I? And science cannot answer that question. And it never could, and no man could answer that for a girl. These are the two root problems. If that creates a vulnerability, from that vulnerability, now we can manipulate the hell out of people. And so these people who are educating have funded programs. There has been an infiltration by the very same pharma who is benefiting from this, funding the programs in the grade schools. And I'm happy to send you all that research. I this, saw an
0: article, I think, in the New York Times.
3: It's way beyond that. They will never tell the truth. They're funded by media. Thing. <laughs> anything that's funded by this very same people selling the products cannot be trusted so but yes, they have they have an article about
0: this about two weeks ago mm. yeah
1: well, the word think.
3: I think it's getting out but yes and so when it first came out with the Time magazine is when the phenomena first started it's like look what the kids want the kids don't want this, this is what we're telling the kids so you have a whole generation of girls who are not happy with feminism. They're not happy because they say their mothers aren't happy. This war still lives on. So they don't know what their future is. And then they're being told they're already vulnerable. The penis envy made us think that the only reason we don't feel good is we should be a man. This is really penis envy to the very extension means girls are paying literally a teenage girls to get fake penises glued on. That is penis envy optimized to its final conclusion. We made it happen. And these girls are oh, just suicidal.
1: Here's my question, Heidi. And I have seen the stats of the suicide, and it's insane, right? So we got this tidal wave happening. What's the breakthrough? Of course, understanding the mind of girls. But what's what's the what's the culture shift that's needed to create a, a world of valuing differences and inclusion?
3: Well, first of all, I see. So. I've dedicated my life to the female mind because I, I know, and I've proven it now with thousands of girls that when we own our mind, what we do is we extend science beyond the 4% and into understanding living systems, being aliveness, which, and what it means to be a girl and helping men own parts of themselves. They can't. So I, I mean, if I really want to step out is what's the solution. I think the solution to me, um, Lives on a few levels because the, there's an entanglement happening. The same people that are funding the trans movement are funding the transhumanism movement. And they believe that it's kind of, it's a, I had to say, there's this battle between science and spirituality or whatever. It's really trying to say, are we going to allow ourselves to be a product of technology? Are we going to own our nature? So I don't think it's nature or neuter. I think it's nature or neutered, nature or controlled. We either own who we are or we are going to be victims of a lot of people in technology who we've made rich, who are now manipulating and playing God with humanity. And and I, you know, you're going to see a shadow of that happening with the vaccines. And I won't even get to how much I know about what went wrong with vaccines and girls in India. So I think we're in a crisis right now. And it's a crisis of understanding who we are. And we have been defaulting our future to the measurements and the language of what we call science. But if we were really honest with but science is, it doesn't understand what it means to be alive. So but I if think, you are
0: and and that's that is the philosophical level of what you're discussing.
3: It's but actually suppo- the
0: literal level. It's the real level. It's the root suppose, level. But suppose suppose you are a guy and you want to and, and a guy suppose, suppose you are a, a guy a man mm-hmm. suppose you are a man and you and you say, you say, I don't feel comfortable in this man's body, okay? So what used to happen is if you, you know, you would dress in female clothes and maybe you would be a, uh, a drag queen or you would be, um, I don't know, you, you would somehow find a way at night to wear the women's clothes that you really wanted to wear. And during the day you would go to your job as a man. And you know, we don't have any men on the stage. And that's what's really there's there's two ways. You know, it's not just women transitioning to try to be men, it's men transitioning to try to be women. And and a lot of men really want to be women, and that and that is why they start to transition. Yeah, Guda, go
3: ahead. Yeah, well, I, I want to uh, say that trend, pretty, uh, I want to address uh, that. I actually,
0: I, wait, actually, Heidi. Let, let's let like oh. Guda talk for a yeah, second. Uh, okay.
4: To be honest, uh, I feel that um, there are a few things that it's not so written in stone, right? And uh the whole thing is not. Uh, being a woman trying to become a man. This is a man turning into what he is, being comfortable w- with their, who he is with his own body that were not in sync, right? And about definitions, it's something that I personally don't like. Why we are going to put ourselves in boxes when our sexuality... It's something so diverse and we can be and explore in so many ways. I think it's a, sorry to put this way, but I don't know to, how to do in another way. But I think it's even dangerous, especially when we don't have the experience and apologies. I mean, I'm I'm clear understanding that you are a woman and you are, uh, I think it sees that it says, right? When you are comfortable with your gender and your body and all that. Correct Correct me if I'm wrong, please, Uh, because I'm learning all this. But I think this whole situation or this whole debate about transgender and gender in general, it's far more deep into the being of a person than anything else. And I think only them can really speak for themselves because there are some things in life that we can only understand when we go through. And that's what I wanted to say to stir a little here the debate Doctor Francine Barbara, Heidi and Heyman.
0: Yeah, well, I think that, I mean, and Heyman should be talking because he's a man, but he isn't. But Heidi is talking at it totally from the woman's point of view of the woman who has been either told or conditioned to think that she has penis envy and somehow, you know, doesn't get to see the world the way she should see it. And I believe with you, Heidi, that that the 4% solution, that the material world is 4%. Of what we, you know, of of, of the entire uh, being or the entire
3: experience of being. Can I add something? Because I think it's really important. Sure. So we're it's so important to understand this overlaps with a with a female. It overlaps with who I am, according to Mother Nature. Man did not create us, so we were created by something we weren't created by men in a lab who agrees Man, girls were not created by men in a lab. Okay. So if man did not create us, we were created by something greater than man. Okay. So part of it for a woman is the question is who am I if I wasn't created by a man, but there, there's a man crisis happening right now. And that is who I am. Who am I? Because I also wasn't created by man. So this is where I said, there's a battle. There's several battles happening right now. There's the battle of who I am as a female, according to the laws, not of man, but of nature, who I am a child of nature designed by something bigger than the man. And men are struggling with that because science as we have given it, which ended up defining materialism, which ended up defining culture and taking culture over, has a relationship to spiritual dimension of man. So for man and really society, there's a difference between are we just physical or are we also Beyond just this blob of, of flab, is there something greater to life? So the concept of who I am used to be also answered by the spiritual traditions. And we, by the more science eliminated that, that left that question very confused. So I believe we're denying man a dimension of his own mind that used to be covered in the spiritual, the artistic, the creative. So there's a dimension of being a human that has been lost for everybody. For man, of course, he would have a crisis because man is not a monkey that does things and goes to the office. But we, so the crisis of who I am once was answered by spiritual traditions of which science got rid of, but now science can't even answer those questions. So it's meth man with a big void. The answer probably is not to become a fake version of a woman because that's not who a woman is. So there is an overlapping bundle of things happening right now. And that's what I'm right. Trying to that's, that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah. And it's, that it's not just
0: happening on the woman's side. It's nope. also happening. We talked about it two or three weeks ago. We talked about the way men were afraid to you know express themselves also.
3: And but that so, doesn't mean become a fake version of a knockoff woman as a side by man. And that's where they're hijacking it. Right.
0: Man, we're the, in an
3: existential crisis of who I am at large.
0: That, and you. that is such a good point, Heidi. That is That, I think, is the major point of the room. Both genders or sexes or whatever you want to call us, uh, both form, bodily forms are in an existential crisis because we... We can no longer define ourselves in terms of who we fully
1: are. Exactly. Exactly. Dr. Francine and Heidi, I couldn't agree more.
3: There's one thing I really want to add. Here's why it becomes really dangerous. So originally, France was treated like, it was in the same class of things like anorexia, okay? So if you have somebody who's anorexic, you don't give them you know, uh, surgery to remove fat because they think they're fat. So it was originally positioned to the original guinea pigs of which my friend Buck is part of as a disease much. And it compared it to bulimia or anorexia. Okay. like got a, a, like a physiological, like war with the body. Um, but I want to say that there was another thing and about what you brought up. The other class of issues, it wasn't an issue, but there was a class of men who got off ironically er- by wearing women's underwear, wearing dressing like a woman. It was a sexual titillation to them. It was a kink. Right. Which, I, I'm not against kinks, but that was a huge portion of the men. and there was an, and it was kind of like an envy of the woman and he got off. And it's very documented. And somehow they mix these two together. So all of this, uh, what is it, intersectionality, you're grouping together LGBTQ. These are fundamentally different things. It's fundamentally different to hate your body, which I think it's very easy to hate your body. Oh, my God. Who wouldn't to escape that? That is, like, heroic. And there's another thing to be a, with a guy that's not the same as a man who wears sexual underwear a woman's underwear because it makes them hard and gets them aroused. That's not the same thing. And they bundled all of this, you know, that's the intersectionality feminism bullshit thing with not really understanding all of these things are very, very different. And it really becomes dangerous because they're not recognizing there's a whole group of people that are going to identify like that. That literally have youth fetish. I mean, that's another thing. And they block it together as one big blob, like it's the same problem. And, well, the and same. then
0: I have a question for you, Heidi. No, and I, I'm not gonna ask you how old you are, but I'll tell you how old I am. I'm eighty-one and I wanna know am I, am I listening to you and it sounds good to me because I'm old. And that's and, and I grew up without L G B T Q I A you know and and while i accept it and i believe um i know samia this is really a problem transgender people should be part of this discourse and I, they really were supposed to be i'm i'm sorry that was someone in the chat that i that i um that i was answering because oh. that's what's missing What's missing is who cares what my view of all of this is, you know?
3: Okay, but Um, I think I'm saying that I have spent, and I'm, what is it, transgender is a made-up thing, okay? I'm going to make up a thing called Super Smart Girls, and I'll be marketing that. And that's girls who own their brain, which is very different than feminism. So fine, Super Smart Girls. That's actually more scientifically valid than trans. I told you, that was based on penis envy it was started on the Mooney guy who was a fetishizing freud and his experiment led to multiple suicides so you want to go with that great we'll go with that but you cannot just start using words without understanding the origins of them and that's what's made oh good
0: wait frank is back i want i'm i want to hear from frank thank you frank for coming back
2: Oh oh well I, I just uh, pop back in I'm not sure where the discussion is at
0: The discussion is at a very interesting point you're a ne- neuroscientist and you're a man No
2: n- no I'm a, I'm a I'm a social scientist Oh okay. and uh, uh, so I studied economics and sociology and political science and a bit of psychology, and uh, I identify as non-binary. So I don't identify as 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 male, even though uh, biologically okay, I'm a male. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Why do you? I. This is perfect. I mean, I. That's what I wanted was more non-binary people on the stage because who cares what I think?
3: I'm cis, you know do you care if gravity exists i'm just asking because some things are not about opinions they're just about natural reality we're throwing natural out like it doesn't exist and that's going to lead to did you just
2: listen to me i just said that biologically biologically i'm a male that's just what i just said
0: okay perfect thank you but so when you identify as non-binary which is uh, what my um, my uh, nephew's uh, um, partner identifies as. What does that mean to you?
2: It's rejecting the 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 categories. And the, Heidi, your mic is open. I don't know if I want to ch- listen to you chewing on on nuts oh, or sorry. whatever you're eating. So i I'm, I'm, I'm right now, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a little bit skeptic if we can get to uh, a lot of the complexities here because there are a number of, of dimensions which we need to talk about and biological is one. And of course, I think that the, and I don't know what the, the past 10 minutes of this discussion have been. I, I don't know where you are at with this right now, but, um, of course, I, 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 and I. I there, there's not this, uh, this unified body of um, people that are not cisgender that uh, that they all have the same understanding. So just to say that in my family, I do have, and I, there's nothing that I choose. It just happens to be the case in my family system. There are two people that are actually transitioning, and one is about the age. Uh, you know upper teens and the other one is maybe around the 40s and it's kind of the opposite direction there's nothing uh that that i uh just because uh i don't um i don't agree to the social norms and we are talking here about social norms that are that are that that are uh, bound to 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 male gender just because i don't um don't accept that as my identity I don't want to be defined as that doesn't mean that I that I completely understand all of these transitions or whatever so there's when we're talking about complexity here there is a complexity and 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 this is way beyond is there gravity or not and I I absolutely I'm not sure whether I want to have a discussion on that level where I am asked whether there's gravity or not I, I don't think there is any any respectful uh, conversation, and there are people no, that I
1: agree.
2: yeah, and 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 you know, I I have questions myself, and uh, a couple of years ago I asked on Twitter where where I was, you know, kind of uh, integrated in in the in a community where a lot of transgenders were in, and I asked the question, and I will not repeat it here, but I think it's a it's a valid philosophical question, where I was. Um, labeled as uh, transphobic after that, and I have because of because of the question, which is a valid question. So uh, I'm not repeating it right now because I don't think this is a safe space right now for this conversation.
0: <laughs> Probably not.
2: Yeah. So um. So there 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 is a complex world, and and I don't. So so first of all, I have to say Barbara said that there's X x and xy and you can't deny that well there is also xxy and there's also x this is this proven that it was a a case i wrote that to barbara and back channel already in 1959 it's the the case is called kleinfelter where it's a karyotype male who's xxy uh uh, uh, and and uh a little later that there was a woman a, a karyotype female with one x and this is this is just proven um uh these are proven cases but that doesn't mean that these um that these cases these rare cases that they explain anything about the whole body of the society and 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 um i think i'm uh, i'm a lot um uh um related to the work of Foucault and maybe not so much Butler, but, uh, but that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm, I, I don't see the, 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 problems that women do have. And I don't, I, I, I observe, I observe this space of the conversations around What toilets to use and whatnot. And it, it is to make policy out of that, to make, to build buildings. You know, at my university, they, they, uh, they demanded from those who build the building, they, they did plan in the plannings. They had, um, they wanted to build into the, the, into the male toilets. They wanted to build something that fathers could, could, um, and I, I'm sorry, I'm uh, English is still my third language. So I did where you where you would uh, uh, with babies, where you where you would go in with babies diaper and, and um, yeah. Hmm? yeah, what, what is
0: it? change, change yeah. diapers?
2: Yeah, yeah, the, the diaper desk or whatever. They, the, so this was in the plans for the building, and then the the those who who constructed the thing, the um, the workers they actually didn't put it in and uh, and there's a whole there was a whole discussion why that happened and probably the workers did think that was an error whatever happened so that that was planned and was a good plan because that wasn't the, that it, so there was a desk in the in the in the female space in the women's space and then they wanted to plan that into the into the the male sp- space as well and we do have at the university we do have uh, uh, single fathers who bring up their their, their children on their own and uh, as a father myself I also can understand the, the the problems that you that that you would see these these things right so it's uh, it's very complicated and um, now now Heidi left I, I don't know I, so, so I just want to say that there's complex really mean, means a lot more than just um, uh, criticizing or, or than just having a, a, a transgender view or or criticizing that or having a feminist view or criticizing that or have a masculinist view that is something that also happened the whole peterson thing and all of that is building on top of something where there was a huge shift towards a masculinity thing uh, b- amongst men i mean if you look that up what what are these people about it there's a whole lot to criticize so we we need we would need to touch all these things and put them next to to each other and and, and then make some uh, some complex thought but well, I just friend, came back into the room. No, I
0: think you I think you. I think you feel similar to the way I feel, which is based only on my personal experience. Okay, there was no such thing when I was young as non-binary. The closest thing that I could find to girl who didn't conform to um, strictures of you know being a woman. You know, girl who didn't play with dolls and, you know, do all that stuff was tomboy. And so through and girl who went to the Bronx High School of Science and so on it, it was tomboy. And so I was tomboy. And, you know, when I grew up, I was the first woman this and the first woman that the first woman in Rotary, the first, you know, like all of these first women things. So so then. Um, uh, my my thought process when I was talking to my um, um, nephew's partner was maybe I should come out as non-binary now because I am non-binary in the way you are, Frank. I you know I'm I'm a woman in many different ways, but but I'm not a girly girl and i'm not
2: right right and i'm not the maley male uh because i played with with puppets i played with the girls and all of that right so uh uh, but there's no you have the tomboy term but there's no 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 term to describe it so i was want to say
1: heidi says that she got kicked out Oh, of, and I'm she trying didn't to... get kicked out by anyone on this stage. That's so strange. I'll, I'll try and see what I can do.
2: I'll be back. Yeah, I'm also checking and I well, can't seem to, uh, I can't even ping her now. So I'm wondering whether well, somebody uh, blocked. I can't, I, I, I don't block her. Yeah, no, and I, 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 there's I've no way for me anything. to kick her. Yeah. So I, I'll sort it out. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah,
4: nobody blocked her, I'm sure. I didn't either. And we don't have moderation. They she says her,
2: she can't oh, get oh, in. And, yeah. I was talking. I was talking while yeah. she got yeah, out of sure. the room, and I I wouldn't do that now. Yeah. So I have fun. no idea what the algorithm is doing here because I trust all of you that you won't yeah. do that. So it's I have a, no idea. You can't even <laughs> ping her right now, so it's it's odd. It's okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So Wait, the only thing yeah. that I can think of is is a, a reporting from the audience, but I have no ah. idea. Oh, Clubhouse. And
4: guess what? Yeah. But yeah. uh, but I'm I, I'm afraid once you're kicked out of a room, payment you can't really come back. Normally, it's like that.
2: Yeah, if you, you're removed from room, I've, that is an experience that I got a couple of times with you know specific persons. Uh, there was no this idea that you can ping somebody back. I have no idea who came up with that idea, but it never worked for me.
0: Well, at at any rate, I'm sorry that happened to her. And, I, and as far as I can tell, nobody on this stage did it. So that's a big mystery. But this is a very complex topic. Every time we do a room, I get a topic that in one hour can't become. next week bye bye
2: and thanks all for joining us from Colin as well and Heidi on the phone take care